Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. And we're on episode 247. Today is going to be about social gaming contracts and you. Um, but before we do that, let's go ahead and get to all the cool business. We want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting all of our files and getting it out to everybody. So everybody can find us on every th- one of the platforms, on every single one of the networks. Um, oh and there, thank you for the... Uh, Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> uh, we want to thank Turbo Dork, of course, for sponsoring the podcast and actually having a good time with us. Uh, we will be getting some more stuff to give away from them pretty soon. Uh, we want to thank Midnight Heroes. We will be having Brian on the show pretty soon. Uh, he has a new Kickstarter coming out, and he is actually going to be sending us uh, some models to paint on air uh, cool. that are part of the Kickstarter. Um, he was like, hey, can you paint some of these on your podcast? I'm like, sure. When can I have you on so you can talk about your Kickstarter? And he goes, soon. I'm like, okay, let's set a date down. <laughs> One will then be now. Yeah. Soon. Soon. Uh, we want to thank Parabellum War Games. They, if you like their models and you like playing Conquest, uh, make sure you use the uh, discount code and get a discount on everything that you purchase from them. Um, and we can't wait to see them at Adepticon because they're going to be there in mass. They were a big hit last year. I'm sure they'll be a big hit this year. Um, we also want to thank who else? I think that's it. Thank you, everybody. Midnight Heroes, Turbo Dork, Parabellum. You didn't say Turbo Dork, but you just did. Oh, Turbo Dork. I thought I did. We'll be getting stuff from them. Um, and, of course, we got Muse. Um, but, guys, if you like any of the products from any of these companies, make sure you use the discount code. Uh, usually get 10 to 15% off anything that you uh, purchase. Um, so, other than that, John, you got any shout-outs this week? Uh, I mean, uh, Legion's putting them in there. I don't. Man, Legionnaire's on the ball. Yeah. Uh, Fred La Mayor, my Marmorti? The, the, the Groundhog. The oh. Canadian Groundhog that dropped dead. Oh. I was like, I think that's is... who that is. Is that right? Because that's a weird name. <laughs> but uh, go ahead and read the other ones. Uh, we have Butch Miles, American Jazz Drummer. Tim Kwai, a British musician. Al Schwarzer Jr. Uh, which was an, he was 101. Holy crap! Uh, American cartoonist and illustrator. Um, I also had Melinda Dillon. She was in Close Encounters of the Third Time and A Christmas Story. She was 83 when she passed away. Oh. So. Um, that was the only thing. Those are the only ones I knew. Guys, if you have anybody else, we want to thank Annie Waring. Um, excuse me, I feel like I was going back to burp. Uh, we appreciate you sending and saying anything. Worshing. If I butcher her name, I'm sorry. Oh, from yeah, yeah, gotcha. She was in uh, Picard too, wasn't she? Oh, was yes, that? yes, she was Borg. Uh, she was also yeah. uh, the voice actress. She was young for, too. For um, The Last of Us. A test for The Last of Us, if I believe. Is where people started getting her notoriety coming back. Yeah. Yeah, she was younger than I am now. Yeah. Um, it's a little concerning. Can't. Well, we say it. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Everybody else say it too. Uh, um, and then let's see. 
If you know anybody else needs a shout out, it doesn't have to be a death. It, it can be anything. Someone does something really cool. <laughs> it could be anything. I mean, can we do a shout out to the first air to air kill for a F 22 <laughs> Raptor of a Chinese balloon? Uh, it up a little bit there. <laughs> I bet you that pilot was like, finally! <laughs> but it's a Shoot fucking something. balloon. Well, I mean. The funny thing is, not to go too far tangent on that, you know three of those balloons came across the U.S. during Trump's presidency, and it wasn't even a big fucking deal, right? Yeah, no, yeah. They have satellites that can see that shit. I don't know what the fuck is it. Anyways. Yeah. But still. Anyways. But still. You know that pilot was like... Yes, like, finally I get to shoot something. <laughs> it's a balloon, but I'm going to take it as a win. <laughs> yep. Fire up this anti-balloon missile and go. Anti-balloon missile. I'm sure that's all missiles, by the way. <laughs> um, but and, and that actually was pretty big news until it got shut down. Everybody like, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean. But uh, like I said, if you have anybody you want to shout out, anybody you want to even local, doesn't have to be, you know, big name people. Don't care. We'll just like give shout outs to people. Um. Other than that, let's get to the real, real, real business, John. The hard-hitting questions? The hard-hitting questions. Our life. It affect everybody's life. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking uh, a uh, Code Fireball. Did you measure it out correctly? I did. And what's the measurement for a Code Fireball? Well, generally, you can use two giant ice cubes, and then you can use four ounces of Fireball, and then 20 ounces of uh, code red. All right. Everybody write that down. All right. Everybody's got it written down. Uh, I am having a few shots of Maker's Mark. So that's what I'm going with today. Uh, it's my good old fallback to drinking, and I don't measure it. I just, well, yep, that looks enough. Legionnaires, if you can't math anymore, you're too drunk to fucking drink. <laughs> that's my rules. Guys, we appreciate you coming out. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. Um, all, as always, please take care of yourself. If you see something, say something. Please take care of everybody else around you. Um, if you need anybody to talk to, hang out with, do things with, give us a ring, send us a message. We'll hang out. We'll jump on and you know do whatever. It's kind of you know our thing. We kind of get into that. So uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. All right, so before we get into the subject, uh, and we can talk about that, but John's going to show some MechWarrior stuff, so he's going to switch his camera over. Or not MechWarrior, Battletech, I apologize. Uh, he yeah, is a slight difference between the two of them. Correct. One second. Shock. Skype is being a bitch. It'll take a minute, but... Well, no, it's actively being a bitch. I'm going to open up the... So we can get a better view of what he's going to be showing us. Takes a second for the camera to go over. But he has some new Battletech stuff he wanted to show and take, uh, get everybody kind of excited. Because not only is it cool new models, but of course the new Kickstarter's coming out. New Kickstarter's coming out pretty soon. Trying to get it back to good centered. That's good. So some of this is not super new stuff, but since the... uh, 
turn my microphone towards me a lot more just in case. <clears throat> but since that Humble Bundle came out, uh, I think it was December, November, whatever, and um, Catalyst Games Labs just got their restock of Battletech Beginner Boxes. Yay! I got that in, finally. So, they're there. And this is just like the old one I had. Looks much like this. So, uh, the only difference is this is new fiction. I believe these are new, too. These are really cool. These are little cards. And then it comes with a griffin, just like the other set did. Which is, I'm going to pull this off just so it's easier to see. Because I know where to do it. So, it's a cool model. I think it's pretty much the same pose as the other one. I have to find where I put the other one, but I'm pretty sure it's just about the same pose. And then, more importantly, it comes with a Vindicator, which you can only get in there, which is a brand new model. And it's not like a bad price either. It's like 25 bucks retail, but I mean, obviously, I guess it's part of the Humble Bundle, so it was a great price. Standard quality on all these. In fact, actually, I feel like they're a little cleaner as far as overall compared to the other models. So. You can definitely tell a difference between the older and the newer stuff. It is 100%. You can look at them and go, oh, you can. this is an older sculpt. Yep. Let me just close the box up here. And then, I'm doing part of this because I got them. They're cool in part because it's actually even like a reminder to you guys that this stuff came out. So this is a Barnes & Noble exclusive. You can get it theoretically in their stores, but also online, which is where I got it. It's already shipping. What models come in there? I'm going to open it up and show you. Yeah, sweet! Because they all come with uh, reposes slash resculpts of three models and then a brand new fourth model. So okay. This has got a Sagittaire, which is a brand new model. Okay. Uh, then you've got a resculpt of the Banshee. Uh, repose, sorry. It's the same sculpt, just posed differently. Then a resculpt of the Cyclops. Okay. And then the one I want to show off mostly is this Thunderbolt that's jumping. So it's a jump jet variant. Nice. Now, that's cool enough, but what if you don't want to use the jump jet one? Well, uh, nah, that's legit. Them. And then, I wasn't sure we're going to fit on here, but the holes are different size, and the feet are, and then you end up with a fucking awesome running pose. Nice. Yeah. You just have to fill those in if you're going to keep it as that. That's not a big deal. Look. But. Interesting. Just got to make sure I get together. And it's really stable. I was really impressed because these are really long to fit in there. So, so I was pleased with that. Like pleasantly surprised about how cool that is. But I'm like, not everyone is going to want to paint that. Like painting thrust and all is it's a fucking thing. You're almost doubling the amount of work you put in a model for that. Then. Also, so they have three new other box sets coming out. Each one's available through a different distributor. Um, I have two of them on order. 
And the other one I actually get notification when it's available. I'll keep looking. Uh, this one I unfortunately ordered twice. I thought I was getting all three and I got this one twice from different places. So, not a big deal, but... It has... This is not actually a repose atlas. This is actually just a re-sculpt because it looks chunkier than the other one. I'm very pleased with how chunky and big this guy looks. Um, it's got another enforcer. I think this is just a repose. I'll have to check my other enforcer. Um, brand new is the all jokes aside penetrator here. Penetrator. It's cool. And then now this is what made me realize you could do that with the uh, the thunderbolt. Because I'm like, wow, it's weird that the hunchback came like that, but the thunderbolt didn't. Hunchback comes like this separately, but you can pull him off his base. Then you can put that on. And then actually, it's got two places. They plug in here. And then also, you've got these sort of fins on the back that fit in there to make it more stable. The Hatchetman? Yeah, Hatchetman. There you go. It's not quite as cool of a pose. It's much more of a standing pose, but it works. Do you want to do that? As I have two other Hatchetman, one's sort of in progress right now. You know, I might take this and uh, and do the jumping pose with it. But pretty cool. I like that there are two more box sets coming out. I will show those off when those come out as well. Um, have to get the one order. The other one's order, just waiting for it to come in the stock. You know, they'll let me pre-order. But yeah, so in this day and age, we expect all this notifications of what's coming out to be fed to us, sort of. But we have to remember that sometimes you need to go looking for that yourself. Um, that was on their blog, on their website, and a lot of times we'll miss, you know, we'll, we'll not go on their website directly. And we should, just because you might miss something like that. Now, granted, they're not making any of these limited. It's just only certain distributors get the uh, that. I forget which is which. It's on their website. Um, but only certain distributors get certain uh, packs. There's three different packs. Uh, but they'll be available for a while. And the Barnes & Noble one is only Barnes & Noble exclusive for a couple months. Oh, okay. So even if it's an exclusive model, it's just going to take yeah. a while to come out. But overall, that is good for Battletech because the Wolf's Dragoon one that was last year around Christmas? No, year before? It was a while ago. Um, that one actually sold well enough that Barnes & Noble actually stocks Battletech in a lot of their stores now. Oh, yeah. And online. So that has done great. And if you guys are inclined to purchase it, I recall the shipping not being bad, do so online. Let them realize, hey... Yes, this is another avenue we want to support because we'll get more people in because that is how a lot of us found Battletech in the first place in fucking bookstores. No. Yeah, what is that crap? These are all the magnetized arms and weapons for Orgoth Battlebox. Orgoth Warjacks. Oh. But here's the Hunchback 2C. So we gotta paint him up. So I'm gonna paint him up real quick. Uh, I'm gonna say a hundred percent with this one. You gotta paint one of the hunches black. Think I should paint like well, it would be, it would be the the right side one black if I was oh, gonna do it. Oh, correct. 
You always want to paint the right one. Not 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 the not the wrong one. Correct. But yes, the right side one would be the one I would choose. Uh, just because, I mean, it's going to look so much more dynamic that way. Twenty bucks. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, for that money, I'll just paint one my fucking self. <laughs> In your paint scheme, even. My paint scheme is so awesome that nobody can copy it. Uh huh. I actually own the colors to copy it because I picked up the uh, the contrast red because it looks so good there at the fucking uh, store when I was there. Oh yeah, that's a good. Song. I also picked up the contrast yellow to try on my guys, and it turned out it doesn't it doesn't hit right. You know what I mean? Yep. The the painting the moldy ochre and then doing the. Um, sepia wash over it hits better but i need to do a little better work with the uh the deeper crevices prior to it got a little rough so but i'm still doing quasi test models i mean they'll be fine it'll look fine it just won't look as cool as it could it'll be perfectly desktop quality desktop or tabletop desktop whatever you want <laughs> so our topic for the day, since we're, you know, I'm, I'm painting and I can get John ranting and raving pretty quickly. Um, recently, I was watching the um, finals of the LVO Battletech. And I was like, cool, I want to see what this, you know. Let's be clear, Alpha Strike. Alpha Strike it's version. Different roles. Yeah, yes. Alpha Strike version. And so I was like, oh, cool, I want to see how they, you know, they play, what it's like. You know, see it from someone else. And it's done by the WolfNet podcast guys that were doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, immediately I see them bending a tape measure to move a model. Now, everybody knows we don't bend tape measures because we come from, you know, all these different play things and bending tape measures considered no-no in a lot of places. Because that's not how you fucking measure. Yeah. Um. But it, it was it was seemed okay, so I was like, okay, maybe it's just part of the. It just made him twitch inside. <laughs> um, and then uh, the gentlemen were playing, and they had already gone to another phase. And this guy says, "Hey, can I go back and move this model?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." They talked about it, and you know, went on, and they went to it. And I was like, now. According to the rules packet, there are mays and musts, or, you know, things that you have to do and things that you, you know, if you forget about, you're SOL. But these two guys, I guess they've known each other. They've played against each other for a long time. And so the guy was like, yeah, just go ahead and take it back. You know, move where you want to move. And we'll continue on. Um, what was brought up in their Facebook group that, you know, per the rules, he didn't have to let him do that. And he could have told him no, and they could have just, you know, went with to it. And I, I responded to the post, and I, you know, I described about using, you know, bending tape measures and stuff like that. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I would not bend a tape measure. I would do, you know, the way I usually do. Mm, but Full stop. Don't bend your fucking tape measure. You're not measuring accurately at that point. Correct. But... They allow it. It's not, you know, game-breaking to them. I'm painting one of the hunches black for you, John. Just because I love you. I appreciate that. 
make your model look cooler too. You can thank me later. I will thank you now. Thank you, John. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but you really got to, it, it got me thinking, you, you got to go with the meta, with what everybody else is doing. And, you know, you got to look at the group. The group seemed pretty chill and they did not care that they've been tape measures or that, you know, the guy let him go, you know, and take something back or, you know, do something that technically he didn't have to let him do. And they were doing, you know, like, well, that's the gentleman game. And I was like, you know what? We've kind of been missing out on that because, you know, we haven't been able to go to conventions. And so I figured it would be something cool for John and I to talk about. Because, John, what is the one rule that we should always do that would end this argument nonstop? The, the, the easiest rule yeah. solves it and every other problem real quickly. Wheaton's yeah. Law. Don't be a dick. <laughs> And that's, that's what it. it came to, yeah. But that's it, Nick. Too. Don't be a jack wagon. <laughs> Don't be a jack wagon. <laughs> um, so, I actually do want to uh, respectfully disagree with uh, part of what Gonzo has said. Go for it. You do not need to ever give a shit what the meta is, what the local group does. There are only two things you need to worry about what the actual rules say in this case he could say no and you could not move your guy and you have to be cool with that correct and what you as a player are willing to do to win the game within the rules if you are a no you can't take anything back because i'm going to win this game that's fine you got to live with that shit you're not going to win a lot of friends no but you'll win some games possibly but do you want to win because someone made a mistake? That's not not like a tactical error. Someone made just oh shit, I forgot. I uh, get to that one in a second, Nick. So uh, I don't want to win like that. I would rather win because you brought your A game. You remembered to move all your models. I'll remind people of shit that they should like. You didn't move that guy. Correct. I want a clean game. Now beyond that, like oh my fucking god, I forgot this thing that's super important. Like I. That's on you whether or not you allow it. Correct. And Nixie says, never ask for a take back see if you don't allow it. That you should not. I've had that happen in War Machine in the past where the guy's like, oh, God, I totally forgot this thing that's super important. I'm like, okay, go ahead. And then I'm like, oh, God, I forgot something super important. It's like, no, you can't. I'm like, as we say, that person now had my full attention. <laughs> and I was an absolute... I wielded the rules with uh, razor efficiency and like, nope, can't do that. You can do that, though. You know, remember, you're going to reap what you sow. It, this is just more of the actions and consequences of the fuck around and find out. You know, how you treat the other people in the game are how they're going to treat you back. And as long as it's by the rules, who cares? Told you it looks a lot better with that, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll let it go for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, always remember that people are going to try to hold you to their sense of honor, let's call it. Fuck them. Honor is internal. What you can live with and what you can't live with is up to you. As long as it's within the rules, I don't care. Yeah. If I ask you for a take back because I made a boo-boo and you say no, that's fine. That's the rules. I'm not going to be angry. You know? But you have to, to win by what you think, you know? How do you want to win a game? What What's more important to you? 
This is why I don't play games for money. Oh, God. That's even... Money makes everyone crazy. Oh, That's why yeah. I don't play Magic. As soon as Magic became money, no more. So we always played the Star Wars uh, game for packs. Didn't want money. Because if you get money, people get dickish. Yeah. Money. There is always... And, and this is not a dig on anybody or anybody or anything. No. But uh, Adepticon, their 40K event has, is you know, a like $10,000 prize, their big one. And every year after that, you always hear something, so-and-so cheated or so-and-so had illegal lists or, you know, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, that's the reason why I won't play for money anymore. Yep. Well, so also at the LVO, um, the finals, I think one of the finals for 40K, uh, one of my locals was supposed to be playing a certain guy you know, like matches were paired up, boom, and then for some reason they changed it. What? And when they changed it, it went from him playing someone he had a game against to someone who had like basically the hard counter for his list. Now, I don't necessarily suspect foul play, but it's sketchy as fuck. Um, so here we go. Nick says, on a personal level, with Battletech's rules being cordoned off within each type of combat, some units' rules are very easy not to understand, especially if you're not playing those rules yourself. If my opponent is running for, say, aerospace, I'm not going to remind of their own rules. Correct. You don't have to remind someone of their own rules, but you can if you want to. That's why I say it's internal, and I don't judge anyone from this. Like, no. you don't have to remind people of their rules, except in a case where it affects what they're doing versus you. Like, if someone's trying to do a strafing run and they can't do it because X, Y, or Z, if you know that rule, you should be reminding them. And honestly, if at that point you're reminding them, especially if depending on the circumstances man of the rules, you might want to remind them before they go to do it, which is difficult because you're sort of given tactical advice then. Or maybe you remind them like, oh, hey, did you want to change what you were doing because you were operating under a false pretense? It also it all depends on the level. Like I said, it, it all depends on what you're comfortable with yourself, you know? Some people look at the level of the game like, oh, we're playing just a fun game. They'll let anything go. Some people like, oh, no, we're playing a tournament at a store. I don't let things go. You know, like I said, it's it's personal. You have to decide that for yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a good life lesson in general. Everything you have to decide for yourself. Yeah. Next to he says, as a local group, I'm big on encouraging players to, if they want to try new things, to know enough of those rules to teach their opponent. Absolutely. If you can't explain your rules to your opponent well, you should not be playing the thing. Especially if it's an optional rule or an advanced rule that's not in a normal game, nah. Don't don't be expected. You know, my perfect example is uh, I'll say War Machine Horde since you're painting some of that shit right now. Um, if you're people who play just play for funsies and don't use Steamroller, don't try to enter Steamroller. You're you're taking a game to a level they're not used to playing. And probably a level they don't want to play. I mean, yes, probably not. That's a different problem, but don't don't try and enforce it because now you have to explain steamer rules are very arbitrary and weird. But like Nixie said, if you want to teach someone a rule, bring something that uses that rule. He said he made a C three company just to teach people how to play C how to fight C three. Uh, shoot the mech closest to you. <laughs> oh no, range bonus! If I killed that fucker, huh? <laughs> and Nixie says two lists, eight pieces of terrain, steamroller only. Sure, that's a way to play. Um, that's a more advanced 
issue with the game more than anything that I don't necessarily want to get into. Um, but yeah, you, you, you have to know what you want to do. And note, this doesn't just count for miniatures games. Board games? There are board games. We talked about this with uh, Jim. House Rules. Oh, yeah. There are board games where certain parts only function with House Rules. Sure, happens. Especially older games aren't supported anymore, you know? There's a whole community to keep those games in line. Some of them, they're not supported, but they're still made. So you need to know that, again. And a board game is another big one where, you know, knowing what it is. And when we play uh, Storm Realms in a big group, I will add stuff up for my other players. And, you know, one I was doing, I was teaching a young lady how to play with it. And she she goes that and I'm like, no, no, you forgot this. So I added up with her. So cool. And then she ended up shooting me with most of it, which was funny. But, <laughs> but I don't care. Your own. She got to play the card. I mean, the card she played did this. She was missing out, you know? So it is what it is. Also, I do like on that level. There is a Star Wars is weird because there's not a lot of rule book for it, but they're making a full rule book with their next for their next Kickstarter, which or for their last Kickstarter. Sorry, it's cool. So one of the biggest strides playing local War Machine back in Mark II was I built a whole cool narrative table with smokestacks and river and stuff. The local attorney players scoffed at it and they went to their symmetrical tables of two hills, two walls of forest on one side. Yep, yep. That is, again, a that's a War Machine and Hordes discussion for that when we want John to rant about that. <laughs> um, but that is sort of the thing. You know, it's sort of the same problem in general is you should know what the rules are. Steamroller rules have, assuming they're still the same they were, well, has Mark IV technically launched? Yes, it has. Okay. With Mark III, there were specific rules on how you deploy terrain. I literally went through one time and I just deployed train base that rule. The guy's like, well, we don't like this. Fuck you. That's the rules. <laughs> your, your, your packet has rules on how to deploy terrain. Doesn't have to be symmetrical. Nope. The roll on the side to pick who goes first should actually be a choice. Oh yes. There's one tournament where I just had my buddy, the Jason who makes tables that look cool. Like set up terrain. He set up terrain for all the tables. And I went through and said, okay, moved a couple things to make sure people could access, but a lot of times there was a clear good side and a clear not as good side. They bitched to me a little bit that. You know what I said? Fuck it. Just, just play, dude. Choosing table edges should always, to me, that's, that should always be in factored into mm-hmm. when you're, you set up. Yep. You should, you should keep that in mind. I mean, and I'll say this a lot, and I did like to note that I am to a point a contrarian about certain things. It's a, it's a flaw, uh, but it is what it is, where if they say, this is the only way to play the game, my mind immediately goes, oh, really? And then I try to find another way to play the game. I don't know if you guys have played the Advanced Civilization uh, board game. Uh, not Sid Meier Civilization. It's called Advanced Civilization. They told me when we started playing it, it was not a war game. Challenge accepted. <laughs> but anyways, so like you know, like they'll say that this is the only way to play the game. You don't have to accept that. You'll want to look at the rules to know that. I mean, there, we have rules for a reason, and within the rules, I mean, they say don't hate the player, hate the game. That's not entirely true because there are players who try to twist it. But to an extent, if it's a rule that's telling you you can't do X or Y, that's 
that would be cool or you had you have to exercise it's stupid that you have to blame the rules on not the players don't get angry at them Legionnaire uh, says, uh, I went through a diplomacy win at the end of the game at 6.30 a.m. Yep. Oof. Nikki says, nowadays playing Battletech, I build a functioning narrative tables that have covered a move between and slight lines to play around. Absolutely. More than that, you need objectives. That was why we stopped playing Battletech back in the day, because there weren't as many objectives. We weren't, uh, we were young and dumb. And, you know, the new 40k third edition came out, and there was objectives easy peasy. That fucking book was a game changer. But anyways, but yeah, so, you know, you don't have to do that. You just don't be a dick, you know, play by the rules. But outside of that, with take backsies and, and leniency, that's 100% your call. Yeah. Should always be your call. Don't let someone else tell you how you should make a decision. If you want to play a nice game and you want to let the guy do the take back, you know, within whatever reason you decide, cool. If you don't, that's also cool, as long as it's within the rules. Don't let them say, oh, well, we give takebacks around here. Not in the rules, sir. You need to discuss that beforehand, which brings me to one I talked about years ago, which we all have the unspoken gamer contract, which is basically Wheaton's Law, don't be a dick. But there should be a spoken one. Like, when I sit down to play people, I'm like, look, I have really shitty depth perception. If I measure something and it looks wrong, tell me. I can't always tell at an angle and shit, dude. You know, if I pick up my dice quick and you like, hey, I didn't see those, just let me know. I will slow down for you. You know, it's like uh, Stubbs here in uh, in Jersey used to give a big speech before all his tournaments about what he expected and how he ran things. It was great because that's more of a gamer social contract and it's being expressed to you. In that case, he's the tournament director, organizer. He's going to be, this is how I rule things, you know? Like, I had one in one of his tournaments where a guy did some... He moved my model because of... Uh, or moved his model without my uh, input. And it was like a throw from one of my dudes, from Mule Cannon. And when he put it down, I'm like, that was entirely the wrong direction. He's like, oh, well, it's done now. And what can I do? Right? Cool. Well, do you make a big scene? Do you call a TO with no proof? No, you go, fuck it, it's just a game, who cares? If that's how that guy has to win, then that's how he wins. Uh, spoiler, that is how that guy has to win, by cheating. I've caught him. <laughs> but that's, that's it's up to you. If you want to make a big deal about it, that's cool. Don't someone browbeat you into saying, no, don't make a big deal, it's not a big deal, we're not on top table. No. Play the game how you see fit within the rules, and, you know... You got to live with it, you know? I still remember it years ago. I don't regret it. I don't really care. You know, it was way back in the day. We were doing all sorts of crazy shit. It was the birth of steamroller zones and shit. So it was difficult. Uh, oh, and Nixie says, for free table building tip for anyone who wants to use buildings, if you, if you build it on a grid, turn your grid 30 to 45 degrees relative to the table edges. Absolutely. Don't let one side have sight lines down the uh, the whole lane. Oh, yeah. That's that's an infinity note we learned real fucking quick. Unless you want it to. You can have one main drag down the center, but that's a table building terrain thing. And then have offshoots where you don't do that. 
But anyways, um, back to the main topic. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough in the take backs and stuff because you want to be nice, but you don't want to be taken advantage of. That's why it's got to be personal. You've got to decide what you can and can't or what you will and won't allow, what you can live with and what you can't. Uh, some more example, I had a guy at uh, the uh, ATC, the American Team Championships, who tried to do this thing because he was running out of time and his term, time turn. He's like, uh, I do this, 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 and this, and started putting on models after his time expired. I'm like, no, son, it don't work like that. That's not how the rules work. And I could have called the TO, and I could have been like, you get none of it because you didn't finish any one of them. But I just said, you get the first one, the rest of them don't you don't get. You know, and you can say that if someone's basically violating the rules, you can say you're basically making an offer. This is what I'm willing to say you did within your time or within the rules. Um, you want more than that? We'll get to you over here and I guarantee you're probably going to get nothing. You'll get nothing. Don't hesitate like to do that. I mean, you've got to bargain sometimes. Like, I understand you're a time crunch. You could have finished this action in the time allotted. Because if, if you would have called a TO, he probably he wouldn't have got have none of it. Multiple actions. Yeah. Know? He probably wouldn't have got any of those actions because he didn't finish the first one before he went to the second one. Correct. But I was willing to be magnanimous, generous about it. You know, should I have been? Probably not. Turns out he wasn't that kind of guy, but it is what it is. Like, if I saw the guy again and recognized him, I wouldn't be angry. Is what it is. He'd have my full attention in a game, but you know, except like you just got you got what you can live with, what you can't live with. That's what it boils down to in games and in life. We should probably talk at some point, Gonzo. <laughs> I was enjoying listening. I mean, it really does, and it it comes down to knowing who you're playing. Knowing what you what you're willing to let them do, and I wouldn't say get away with, but that's the best way to put it. That's sort of get away. I mean, we don't mean it negatively. Correct. This is not a negative thing. This is okay. I'm playing this person. This person, we're having a good time. We're making sound effects, so on and so forth. You know, and you can tell that this person's not a dick. And he's like, "Oh, I forgot to do this." Even though he's done that same thing for two rounds. People get nervous or, you know, the clock gets on them or newbie, you know, type thing. You usually can tell when this is a oops or a, I'm going to fuck you with this. Best way to put it. You got to go by your gut a lot. Yeah. But remember, I mean, as long as the rules support your gut, who cares? Because anything beyond that is you're being nice. Yeah. Nothing says you we have to. We have a to. guy who, who would show up and play and he would be... He would be the most nitpicky of nitpicks with what you're doing and then be the most freewheelie of freewheels with what he was doing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I would shut that shit down when I was playing him. If I was judging it, I would shut that shit down as well. That's pretty. So. That's a pretty prevalent one that's been seen recently yeah. at tournaments is, oh, can you remeasure that? Can you redo that? Can you do that again? Oh, I didn't get to see that. Can you measure that again? And then when Make it comes it. their turn... In a time in a time environment, that becomes a problem, and then you have yeah. to look at that also. Correct. I mean, I've said this. I've played a tournament in the past. Uh, we were playing at uh, games and stuff, and uh, Dave Marnicle played a guy, and he's like, "I won that one on time," and he's like, "That guy was kind of slow and new." 
So I played the guy and I looked at him and I realized how long he was taking to think about stuff. And I'm like, I'm just going to do stuff that's so next level chess level uh, fucking moves that he's going to have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm going to win this game on time. And boy, did I. <laughs> but that's another thing. Also, you look at the environment. If you're playing a time turn, you really have to change what it is. You know, and how, how you're necessarily functioning. Because you want to be nice, but also time is a thing. Yeah. If you have no round, no uh, uh, turn timer, but a round overall round timer, you might want to think twice about letting someone get away with shit. That was uh, taking up time that you could use. So I mean, it becomes a thing. That fact, that's, a tournament, if you're a tournament order, you should probably say something about that. Yeah, slow play. Yeah, uh, I had to. Negative players back in the day. Negative, I would say negative. Intentional slow play. It's hard to prove. But it's yes, hard to prove. I mean, literally, how I used to do it, Magic players, is they get the top table and he'd be like judge, and I would be judge because I ran the store at that point. Uh, be like he's slow playing. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I ain't closing until you guys are done. I got nowhere to be. <laughs> funny how suddenly the guy started playing a more normal rate when he realized I was not going to end it on time because he's trying to slow. That's the easy solution. And sometimes you do that because that's non-confrontational. You're not saying the guy's slow playing. I couldn't prove he was slow playing. I just told him we weren't going to end it until he was done. Yeah, because there is there are people that do that. There was a Marvel Crisis Protocol at some tournaments. People were trying to do that. And so they were like, we've got to start watching this person or I mean, you have to watch, but I mean, again, proving intent, ask any lawyer, it's a problem. Yeah. Some people just don't think well under pressure. Correct. Bowie, when he pops in here, he, some, sometimes he plays Marvel games and he even says, himself, I need to get faster because sometimes I just analysis paralysis myself into oblivion. And there's a lot of games where you can do that easily. War Machine, you can do it easily when your Warcaster's got 37 things they can do. You're oh like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I want to do. Yeah. And like I said, you, you kind of want to actually take into account the person. If I'm playing against Mizzy and she's slow playing and we're not on a clock, you know, a time, I'm not worried about it because I know that she's new, learning the game, trying to figure out the 80 million combos that I mean, could be worked. I'll one up you if I'm in a you know if I'm in a tournament playing and I have to play against Brad or one of my crew, and they are quote unquote slow playing. I don't care. Yeah. Because they're not slow playing intentionally. Yeah. But if I'm playing against like Will Pagani, we'll just throw that name out there, oh, and he's yeah. slow playing, then I would say something. But I use as an example because he knows how to play, and you know, you know he knows how to play. You know he's yeah. going to come into the game ready to go. Correct. Yeah. And he wouldn't, but that's I've just used his Yeah, name, no, no, so. it's an example. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. We're not calling out Will Pagani. Nope. I love you, Pagani. Um, but that goes to the thing, you know, of that would be, oh, this guy's a, you know, a world champion, has been playing, you know, all over the world and everything, and he's slow playing? Mm, okay, we need to talk. Yep. Like, I'll say this, bring out my old guy, Kane. Back in the day, <laughs> you could always tell the, the good players because they played quick and clean. Like, we really didn't have to worry about that for a long time until cash prices became a fucking thing. What? 
And I'm not going to say that's a thing. It's it's just human nature. You start putting money on the line, people start caring a lot more. Yep. You know, uh, and then people start doing that, you know. I need my $10,000. We didn't have too many complaints of cheating when people were playing uh, for fucking packs of cards. Store credit. <laughs> it was even packs of cards back in the day, Gonzo's. I want to give them full score credit. That's crazy talk. Crazy talk. I mean, sometimes they would they would ask nicely, like, "Hey, I'd really just." They would go, they would bargain, like, "Hey, I really just want one, you know, these two copies of this card, you know, instead of all the packs." And I would go, "Yes or no, based on the value." Is what it is. Just give me two black lotuses for my win, and I'm cool. Did I ever tell you uh, the first Magic tournament I played in? It was the second Magic tournament I played in, the first real Magic tournament I played in. Uh, the prize was a Black Lotus and uh, basically an ante. We didn't have an ante because you couldn't ante, legally speaking. That's gambling. It was yeah. illegal at the time. But we all had to give up a rare card to get in the tournament in addition to the entry fee. So you won all the rare cards in the Black Lotus. Ooh. Uh, I played that. My buddy uh, Jerry Zepp was, uh, he's a Marine. He was out of town for that tournament and he really he spent all this time and money on his deck he really wanted me to try the deck um so i played his deck and it was like power cards galore it was like all the power cards and man i fold spindle and mutilated some people and and came back and i'm like all right cool i guess i got a black lotus <laughs> and a bunch of other cards you know what that black lotus got me what a bunch of smaller cards and dinner and dinner. Hell yeah. <laughs> but that sort of thing, I mean, in that game, you know, we're all there. I mean, there's there's stakes, but you couldn't sell a Black Lotus for a lot of money because no one was going to pay a lot of money for it at that time. Yeah, and at that time. True. Because we're, we're talking like 94, 95 maybe. Um, so, you know, you have to look at that. There was no, There were no rules problems. There was no must, no fuss. We just played and had fun. You know, it, there's a lot of tournaments people didn't, we didn't have that problem because there was no money on the line. As soon as you start putting more serious prizes on the line, people start looking for ways to win. And it's kind of cultural. And, and, and sometimes it's not even money. It's like a cool card or, you know, they, you know, I can resell this or an army, you know, I'm going to give away a painted army to the winner, which I think was the My stupidest thing. My favorite tournament is the white elephant tournament that double split would run at uh, drop zone where we all just brought in a prize. The sword add some more and that's not important. And you go and you pick a box and either you keep it or then you can take something from somebody else instead of picking a box, or, you know, a wrapped prize. Yeah. Uh, those are great because, I mean, for the most part, you're just playing. You get everyone gets something fun. It's cool, you know. Yeah. It's a fun event. You're just chilling yeah, and relaxing. Get, yeah, just chilling and relaxing. You get higher up, you get people. But we had a pretty good crew, and I attribute that partially to the crew and partially to you know, strict rule of no cash prizes. Yeah, I whenever it started becoming cash prizes and magic, that's when I. I got out, yeah. and then when Warhammer started to do cash prizes, I was like, uh... I'll play a friendly, but I'm not going to play, like, for cash money. Yeah. I'll play a ringer in that, but even that was, like, I played ringer in one. It was... Still the same yikes. thing. 
But that's sort of the thing. And I'll do that because it reminds me of another situation where a guy was trying to, he was like, oh, I'm going to leave my, he was putting stuff where it can't get, you know, deploying it where it's not allowed to get to before they've had those rules. So I'm like, I can't say no. But, you know, when he tried to move it from there, I'm like, you can't move. I was like, why? You can't traverse that terrain. You, you're stuck. Yeah, you put him there. You know, Done. he tried to do stupid stuff like uh, having his dreadnought stand on a wall. I'm like, well, your model can't physically fit there, so you cannot put him there. And he kept trying to, like, force it. And I'm like, nah. And that's my best advice with that. If someone tries to force their way through a rule you know is wrong, just tell them no. Let make them call the fucking organizer. You know, it's their turn. Just say no. If they, if they're a dick about it, you can tell them. Don't call the organizer. Don't don't ever feel like calling the the TO is a bad thing. Oh no, that's what I thought was like. It's it just funny. means that you have something that requires his input because you cannot come to an amicable uh, solution. I didn't know the TO was busy with. I'm going to say this nicely, the real players. <laughs> I didn't need to come down to talk to us because I was a ringer. And, uh, you know, he was not going to get anywhere. So, you know, I just said, no, you can't do that. And I just kept saying no till I realized the answer was going to be no. What's the answer? No. I asked the Pope of nope. You know what he said? Nope. Nope. But you don't get a lot of those. We make it sound like it's a lot. It's it's the vast minority of players you have to deal with that with, even for all these problems. Yeah. Most people go in there just going to have a good time. Sure, there may be various levels of seriousness, but the best players, you can always tell the best because they will tailor the way they play to how you're playing. You know, there are players who are so good at most games that they know outside of crazy dice rolls, they will probably beat you. There, There's that hierarchy in any game as they learn it. But they don't play any of this hard, but they're not the same stickler, you know? They're going to play by the rules, but they're not going to be, I don't want to say, they're not going to be dicks about it, you know? Yeah. They'll remind you more of your stuff than they would a higher player. Like, that's uh, sort of the big way of telling when you know someone's a good player. Like, uh, yeah, you, you've got this thing. And like, oh, thank you for that thing. I might have forgotten that. And sometimes that's what you want because you want, well, you want to win, but don't you want to win because your opponent played his best. Like, winning because someone forgot something key, like a gotcha thing, that's not cool. That's only cool if your opponent's an absolute jackass. <laughs> jackass. I understand the feeling if he's a jackass, and you're like, yep, suck it, bitch. <laughs> but in general, like, you know, if I play Gonzo, I don't want to beat Gonzo because of a technicality and he forgot something. I'm going to be Gonzo because he brought our A game. We played and we had a good time and I came out on top. Yeah. And that comes down, that comes down to the, you know, the social contract of don't be a dick. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. It solves so many problems. Yeah. I mean, Shooting like blanks is... does not win by gotchas. You are correct, Banyan. What do you say? Shooting blanks also does not win too much. Shooting blanks. That's our team. That's our group team name. Me, uh, him, and uh, Bowie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, we actually did almost win. We did come in second that tournament. But I mean, with 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 tournaments kicking off, more conventions coming up, and everything, I thought this was very important for people to realize that one, it's still a game, guys. 
if him winning or her don't want to you know put it out there if them winning yeah if them winning is that so important fucking like if i don't have time for that a cheat to win and they need that for their life to be good well you know what should have told me i'd have thrown for you if that's what it's going to take to make your life better fucking a i will throw a game for you I'm here to make cool sound effects, throw dice, meet new people, have a good time, and go home with a smile on my face. If yeah. We, if we, if we got to be a dick about it, I'll, I'll just stay home. We've got better things to do. Yeah. There are single-player video games that do not require me to interact with another human being at all, and the computer will follow its rules. What? Those rules may be cheating rules, but they're consistent with <laughs> cheating rules. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of things out there, you know, it's, there's a lot of things we can do for a hobby, you know, and people forget that it's uh it's again, it's a cultural thing. You know, we celebrate people who win regardless of how they win. I had this discussion on other topics, you know, you don't like, they don't like sports players who cheat. You're mm-hmm. off screen. Sorry. Um, you know. It becomes a big deal when, when people cheat in a sports game because, I mean, it's supposed to be rules. It's supposed to be fair to some extent. There's only so much fairness that you can you can interject into a game. That's why we like our models to be fair, our scenarios to be fair, and our dice to be fair because we can't control a skill level difference between people. No. But if we remove the variables, they'll come right down to skill. And I'll tell you what, I have never once felt bad about losing somebody who was better than me. And I knew it. Like sometimes you sit there like that guy's just better than me. That girl's just better than me. Awesome. They won. They deserve it. You know, and sometimes you can dice your way through stuff. That's fun too every once in a while. I mean, maybe not so much for the better player, but hey. It is what it is, right? Yeah, just chill out, have fun. If someone's better than you or someone's more if winning is more important, don't get upset about it. Just go find something else to do. Nick, so if, if your dice roll consistently high for War Machine, it'll be okay if I roll them too. <laughs> I have always offered my opponent that. Like, hey, you want to roll my dice as well? I don't mind. Yeah, I don't have superstition about dice. I mean, I do, but they're not real. I understand they're not real superstitions. Yeah. I had someone call me out because literally I would roll, then put those dice aside, roll the next part of the dice, then put those dice aside, roll the next part of the dice, and then go back and forth. He called it, called me out for that. And I'm like, is something you want to say to my face or just online? <laughs> I'm doing stupid dice things because I have 16 uh, fucking six-sides ring with me. I wish them all to get use. If you don't like it, fuck off. Yeah. That guy was the opposite of Wheaton's Law. He was always a dick. Go somewhere else. Uh, he did. He moved. He was happy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he says he's got his gravity dice and I'm rolling hot. I'll put the dice towards my opponent and ask him, offer him to let me roll them. Yeah. Look, it is so hard to get like actual legitimate cheating dice that without being fucking absolutely blatant. So I've got these boyos. These roll like shit. But I would Oh, the ghost bear ones? These metal, they're cool. They're awesome. So far they have rolled like absolute poop. But I've not played them in a game yet. But I will. I don't care. I don't care. Game, right? 
because my dice rolled poorly. Let me tell you what, it will not be the first time. It's definitely not going to be the last time. <laughs> my dice are actually trying to end me most times. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, dice are roll high. Yeah, it's a meme that everyone has in all the servers. I actually had dice that I think may have actually just been engineered poorly. I believe that the paint they used to fill in the holes was heavier than what they drilled out for the holes. So I feel like they were unbalanced because they'd roll low. Which came to me using them to hit in champions because you need to roll low and then use other dice for damage. <laughs> I mean, they may be crap, but they were cool. I'll still roll them. I don't care. Maybe they roll better in a dice box. I use a dice box most of the time or a dice tray. Maybe they're all better, but I'm telling you right now. Six. What are the higher rolls I've gotten? So, it's all good, you know? You can't take this stuff too seriously. We're playing we're playing games, for Christ's sakes. Holy shit. We we're playing with plastic dollies pushing around on a table. Or resin, or metal, or whatever the fuck you want to say. Yeah, but you can you can eventually tell those, Nixie, if you have dice that, are, that you can't stack anymore. I have so many six-sided, I just get some more six-sided. I have a million. I used to play orcs for fuck's sakes. Someone's like, well, what do you do when you have to roll attacks for 30 orc boys charging in? I grab another cube of dice. <laughs> but they're charging, so you got four dice each. That's 120 dice. You didn't bring 120 dice? Uh, spoiler, I bring 120 dice. Yeah. I need to roll 120 dice at once. For fuck's sake, I'm playing orcs. That is what I fucking came here to do. <laughs> I came here to roll a metric shit ton of dice all at once. So, like, your your dice tray is actually like a trough? <laughs> no, there was a, that particular game, there was a pond in the middle of the table, and I rolled in the pond. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> All right, uh, let me get these out. Another good point. Pull out the dice that miss. No one's going to be upset if you pull an extra die that hit. Pull out the dice that miss. Yeah. Leave the hit so your opponent can look at them real quick. Oh, cool, look. Boom. That is a number one type rule of when you're playing with multiple dice. Is yep. Only pull up your misses. Leave your hits because then your opponent can't say anything about it. Uh, I did that with Marvel Crisis Protocol. I rolled the dice and I... Oof. Picked up real quick. I was like, I, I didn't see those. Mike, you never need to. <laughs> they didn't contribute to the narrative of the scenario. Oh, oh, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. No effect, sir. Legionnaires, you would be quick. really surprised. Yeah. That people, especially in multi, it's, it's dice. Like they're picking up the hits, putting them in their hand because they're going to roll them again. Like it's not like intentionally sketchy. Just unintentionally sketchy. Uh, they're literally pulling up because they're going to pick up and roll them again, but really pick those up, put those shitty dice aside, and then roll those again. I don't roll that many dice anymore. I don't have that game to do that. Though, we'll have to roll... Well, actually, might have to roll a fair amount of dice uh, there, Gonzo, because of the game we're going to be using for our next role-playing game. What is that? I said I might have to roll a bunch of dice for certain times in the new game we're going to be playing. Well, new game. My new campaign we're coming up. 
because we are going to use in D&D 4th edition. And you might have to roll quite a few of a weird dice if you've got a weapon attack. <laughs> so it could be interesting. We will see. Never know. Yep. Yeah, we decided that, Banyan. Yep, 4th edition. Just decided that we, we could make the one difficult character work, so uh, we wanted to try it intentionally. We love 4th edition. I dare say it's probably our favorite edition of uh, D&D. But we're also miniature gamers, so it also adds into our miniature game love. Yeah, stock says, don't worry, I got all that. We, we, we played it for a long time when it had come out originally. Um, so we're going to go with um, media section. Sure. I got a, a weird media section because it is RPGs, TV shows, movies. And just so everybody knows, I did subscribe to the random RPG um, thing that everybody's been seeing where you get like one or two books, you know, for like seventeen ninety five or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And so my first ones will come in on Tuesday. So I'll open them, but I will review them on the podcast. Cool. So that way we can be able to see it. I'll keep them hidden so nobody knows until we get into the podcast. But I'll open them up. That way I can peruse them because in case it's something I have never gotten before. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. I like the idea of that. Yeah, because if it's something I like, I'll keep it. If not, I'll just give it to someone else. Yeah. I don't care. So don't know what it's going to be. I'll have to figure it out. Well, I have to wait. Um, I do have another RPG coming to me. Uh, it got delayed in mail, so it'll probably be coming Tuesday also. Yeah, I um, need to work to get that other one shipped to you. Yeah, I gotta, oh. guess I gotta, I gotta ship some pants to you too. Some pants? And some pants. Because <laughs> you ship pants. <laughs> Don't remember the commercial? I shipped my pants. <laughs> Come on, that commercial no. was amazing. I don't. I don't remember that commercial. Oh, man, you have to look it up. Fair fair note that at a certain point we had TiVo and we would literally pause for 15, 20 minutes, go do life, then come back and fast forward through all the commercials. It was the best. And nowadays, no commercials. Anyways, uh, my media section is, well, it's two weeks worth of movies, so two movies and I'll... Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, I'm reading uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. I will have a review for you for next week. I did not quite finish it this week. I, a couple nights I was up late playing video games and did not get to read as much as I wanted. So, okay. well, um, next week. so I got a copy of a PDF for the new Dune RPG. Now, no people that worked on it, everything else. I read through it, didn't get really deep into it, just trying to figure out what makes this different than, you know, your standard RPG, just making a character and playing in a world. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was looking for that, you know, that that elevator pitch thing that, you know, would make me want to play this. Uh, The book is a really good book, by the way. Really good stories, really good art, really good uh, setup. It's set up really nice. It's not hard to read or anything. Um Really cool looking, especially if you, you're majorly into the Dune world. Um, and uh, one of the things that makes this really interesting is you build your house. You and your players build a house, and you have side characters on top of your main character. 
because your side characters are like, oh, this is the secretary or the the war master, you know, of the house, and they decide stuff, which I thought was a really good concept, you know, having a house because then you have to decide which house hates you, how do they hate you, you know, depending on how big your house is, all the stuff that you can do with. And I was like, that's a really cool concept. That's neat. That's fun. Um, then you can build your character and everything's kind of skill based, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I, I always come back to this. It is based off of a world that is, for intense purposes, complete. The story is complete. And yeah, that's what I was thinking. You're talking like, I don't know how you play in that world. I don't see an area that would You would, would have to... Interesting. Sh- correct. You would have to, like, uh, House of Trades doesn't exist, and you're now the, you know, you would be put in the spot, or, you know... It, yeah, it, it, is it, that really worth it? Correct. So that's the reason maybe you're a smaller house that works with House of Trades, and they call you in as like um, right before they're destroyed and you help out. It's part of the Dragonlance uh, problem. Correct. With, uh, with the War of the Lance and all. Correct. Or, or the Star Wars problem playing during said events. All you can do is be secondary characters who technically don't affect the plot in any way, shape or form, really just maybe enable to get to the point, you know, like you could play off the top of my head. You could play between empire and Return of the Jedi. You could play the Bothan spies who get the death star two plans knowing you're all going to die much like rogue one, you know, where they got the plans, they all died. You could play something like that, but that's a lot of work to get that to work. And, and that's the thing. It's, yeah, and someone uh, someone sent me a, an important text. Um, it, and, and that's my problem. And, and it's not really a problem with the game. It's just a problem with the world because it's, you have it's to go to have license, you... certain licensed properties. Yes. The story is complete. There is no easy way for you to fit in aside from small bits. And I'll talk about that actually in a section, part of the media section, really, because yeah. it's Dragonlance. But I mean, you wouldn't, I, I, I could never run this. Because I want I don't know Dune well enough. I'd love to play it because it looks kind of neat. But um, this is something a good GM would have to, you know. There are some guys out there who know Dune do so well, they could really make that shine. Yeah. But to the average person, oof. Oof. No. I couldn't do it. And I, I would yeah. say that. Um, I couldn't do it. I like it. I thought it was interesting. I like what I saw, like what I read, like the way things were done. Everything seemed really cool. Very well put together book. Um, but, uh, I would like to play it like maybe at a convention to test it out. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Or, you know, maybe the system's good enough. You can, you can shoehorn it through something else with. Correct. You could, you could, uh, you could probably use the system and, you know, maybe a, timeline in the way way past or a way way future or, no no just just uh use it like you'd use fading suns to do uh you know general political based sci-fi yeah you, know, you could you, you could, could do that you could do it i mean it, it, it would have to be you have to separate <laughs> it is the best way to put it yeah. you would have to separate you have to, it from that you have to fucking file the serial numbers off but here's what it is I'm pretty good at that. Um, so it sounded cool. That's cool. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. I was going to message. Uh, so Simon Berman is one that uh, worked on it. I was going to give him a message saying, hey, oh, cool. really liked your book. This was pretty good. Uh, yeah. Don't know if I could do it that well. I couldn't do it justice, but I like it. Good job. 
you know, because I'll tell you right now, guys, if you know someone that's worked on a product, they don't mind if you send them a message saying, hey, attaboy. Give them a kudos. Yeah, give them a kudos. kudos. They, they appreciate that. Um, but I liked so it. Tell them people good. are reading it and it's a connection. They may not know you very well, but oh, this guy I've interacted with read my book and liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I love the layout. I love the art. Uh, the system was very simple. wasn't too hard. Uh, That's was, important. Yeah, it it was everything's kind of a skill based type thing. Um, mm-hmm. I just know that I couldn't. I don't know Dune well enough to do it justice, but I would love to play in a game. Gotcha. So well, uh, John. Go my ahead. first media is uh, I actually finished the annotated Dragonlance Chronicles finally. Spent way too long not reading, but I, I finally finished all that. And boy, that's a heck of a sitting because it's a giant book. Um, most of it still holds up pretty well. Uh, and the parts that don't necessarily hold up pretty well, since it's annotated, they actually call themselves out. There's a point in the third book where they're like, yeah, I don't feel like this works. I feel like this is not where that character should have been going. Um, we would have done it differently if we had it to do it all over again. Oh, thanks, Nixon. Um, but still enjoyable, you know. It's I would never call it quite a comfort book because reading the whole trilogy is tough because you're going to ball at least twice. If you don't ball at least twice, I question your humanity. Um, but still good. I I feel like at some point it completely changes. I feel like you can tell the point in the books where they change from they're playing it in D and D and sort of embellishing it for the novel to the novel has uh, caught up and it passed where they were in their, their playthrough. You can sort of tell because things go different and I'm not sure I like it as much, but it's still a good to have a complete story like that. I mean, obviously I would give that zero space herpes and to your point of playing in a world, we've talked about the dragon world and how hard it is. If you want to, book that shows you how you can tweak somebody into something like that read uh it's called Stormblade. it's one of the heroes volume the, the first hero series which is the legend of uma Stormblade, and weasel's luck oh good books uh, i need to reread weasel's luck i don't remember liking it as much the first time but i think i'd like it more now but uh Stormblade is one of my favorite dragonlance books and it is the epitome of showing you how to take ostensibly other characters and fit them into someone else's story. So I, I would say if you're looking for that, look at that book. Uh, Gonzo? Um, I was going to jump on your book thing. Um, our local, and this is just a quick, no, uh, our local nerd group at uh, work, uh, we started our first uh, book club and started our first book. And a lot of them are just now coming into nerddom. And coming into fantasy stuff. So guess what the first book I made them You're read? their nerd senpai? I am the nerd senpai. Senpai Gonzo. <laughs> That's creepy. I never say that again. Strike that from the record. <laughs> like the <laughs> their first book. Uh, Tell, yeah, I'm going to let you guess. I'm not going to guess. There's too many books. I'm making them read the first draft. I'm making them read the Chronicles and we're doing the first book oh. of Dragonlance. <laughs> okay. I think that's a very good one. It's an easy read. I also loaned that to one of my uh, newer uh, employees. She was like looking for the read, and I'm like, well, I only have the giant, thick, annotated yeah. version, but here you go. Yeah, I gave that to one of my friends at work um, and said, I hey. Also, for another one, one of my other D&D friends at work, I actually bought her the trilogy. Yeah, 
we're gonna yeah, we're gonna work cool. through it, but we're doing the first first book first. And I'm like, this one's easy. It's an easy read. It's a great read. It's a good, a lot of fun. Um, so I'm gonna ask there. them who their favorite character is and why it's Tasselhoff. Yeah. <laughs> um, most growth in the book and most poignant growth in the book, Tasselhoff Burfoot. Yes. Fanny, I get the fuck out of here with Raceland. <laughs> uh, so. Last week, I talked about a Japanese TV show that was on called Alice in Borderland. Um, it is on Netflix. Season two came out recently. Uh, pretty much what it is is this guy and his friends get teleported to um, a world where they have to play a game, and if you lose the game, you die. Um, very, you know, very much, you know, not a good show to watch if you don't have, you know, you, you don't want to see, you know, Hard-hitting stuff type thing. Um, but I finished the series. Um, they're possibly going to be a third season. And I actually really liked it. I thought it was... <laughs> Nixon got it snipped. <laughs> so that it's is... The now... opposite of striking it for the record, I would to point out. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Nixie. <laughs> um, but that is a new clip. Um, but um, I really enjoyed it. Um it was very unique. The characters really grow in this, which I thought was great. Usually it's like nobody cares, you know, nobody happens and everybody just dies and everything and just goes. But the characters have really good growth in this story and the characters change and move along. Um, so I really, really enjoyed this. Um, if it's not your cup of tea, it is, you know, like a squid game type show where people, you know, die, so on and so forth. It has some good plot twist good story good character growth i would probably give this like one space herpy um out of five but i mean it was really good i enjoyed it a lot i thought it was a blast um i i hope they do a third season because it's it, it leaves on a twist and uh i hope it comes out because I'm, I'm looking forward to it well, John? I have two movies through. I watched one last week and one this week uh last week i rewatched and both of them are rewatches not new watches um, uh, I watched, uh, what was it last week? Nobody again, which is from like some of the, the directors of, uh, John Woo and it's, uh, Bob Odenkirk. And, uh, it's just a fun, it's just a fun action movie. Uh, it's in that sort of John Wick one badass style, but he's less absolute badass than John Wick in some cases. And, more human sometimes but it's just got some fun fights um i love having christopher lloyd in there as his father is great having the rizza in there as his brother and watching it again i noticed some things like you see a picture of his father him and then you see that was supposed to be the young the rizza there i'm like that's great the little setup they did that you don't notice the first time through because you're not looking for it the second time is uh yeah, the second time is great. Um, enjoy the crap out of it. It's got some good one-liners, some fun action. Uh, would absolutely 100% watch a sequel. Um, yeah, just if you like that kind of action movie, it's a little violent at points. Never, never horror gory, just like that semi-fun comedy action gory. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the his father, I'm like, Dad, you brought a lot of shotguns. Son, you brought a lot of Russians. <laughs> it's it super fun. Uh, I enjoy it. I, I give it one. 
Like, I, I can't quite give it zero because, you know, it, it's a little off-putting at points. It starts a little slowly. Um, and the tone is a little up and down. Not horribly so, but a little up and down. But still well worth watching, well worth owning. Um, so I'm watching another show on Netflix. And I think it's a Korean show, uh, but it's called Physical 100. They take 100 of the most physical fit people and put them through, you know, physical things. Like, who can hold on to the top of this bar the longest without falling? Why not just Ninja Warrior? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, make them wrestle over something or whatever. And it's it's a good thing. I mean, there's some... I mean, some of these people are swole as shit, the best way to put it. And then they've got, like, not everybody's a big bodybuilder there. So I mean, like, you know, gymnasts and, you know, physical fitness people. And it's actually pretty interesting to watch them do it because... Uh, it's it's all dubbed, so you can they you know got silly English accents uh, or silly silly English going through. But it's interesting to watch. It's fun. I'm not going to rate it because it's just you know whatever and it's not done yet. And it's 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 a Netflix show that doesn't have all the episodes out at once, John. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> like that uh, clip you sent. Like I could hear this in John's voice. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those were true, by the way. Yes. Um, but what I want to review is Black Panther Wakanda Forever, um, came out on Disney Plus. I purposely didn't watch because I just didn't give a shit. Um, I sat down like, oh, I could watch that, but I don't care enough to. I, so I put it on and I was looking forward to it because I wanted to see where they took the story and whatever. And I'm going to tell you, I was bored. I literally wanted to fast forward. I was so bored in some scenes. I was like, it, 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 it had no direction. It really had zero direction, in my opinion. Were there Would some good touching it sounds scenes? Like what the, what they what they complained the other Marvel movies were for just movers to introduce people and get them moved to the next spot, not actually stories on their own. Did yeah, you feel like that. It, it, it felt like. Okay, that what but for for that are great tri- tribute to Chadwick Boseman. You know the awesome. little Marvel screen that comes through. It yeah. shows like Captain America and Hulk. It was all Chadwick Boseman and Black Panther stuff. And I was like, oh, that kind of brought a tear to my eye. I was like, you know, type thing. But that was yeah. good. And of course, the movie was dedicated to him. Um, but they went off on that. But the characters, I was like, all right, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. They're really boring, and nobody's going anywhere nobody's doing anything and it's just totally off the rails and well, wait a minute, something might happen. No. And and it was, it was more about trying to prove who they were and what they were doing with uh submariner and everything. And it just didn't fit. It literally did not work. Um, fight scenes were okay. Um, but, I saw I saw one of the fight scenes on on online. Someone was bitching about. It. I'm like, this is fine. Choreography's good. Yeah, action's decent. Seems good. I didn't have any problems with that, but it was the story and a lot of the dialogue was very bleh. Question for you: Big CGI finale or no? Uh, there was some CGI finales, but it really ended really poorly. It 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 was like, oh, okay, yeah, we're done. The after credit scene really didn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, so it was just meh. Yeah. Um, uh, it, 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 it brought a meh, but a little bit 
too much of a man because like I said, there were a couple of times I felt like just fast forwarding because the dialogue just drug on for no reason. Uh, so I'm giving it almost three, two and a half to three. I was not happy with it at all. I was very upset. Um, I wish it would have been better. Um, I doubt we'll see any more Black Panther. So you're saying it was as good as an average DC movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Better. (laughs) But all right. So John, your next one. Uh, I watched uh, payback with Mel Gibson. Okay. uh, Which is a good, I don't want to say revenge movie, but kind of that sort of that motif where he plays a criminal that's betrayed and he comes back to get his portion of the money that he didn't get. Um, now, I own two versions of this movie because um, there is the theatrical cut, which I watched last night, and then there is the director's cut, which uh, no one should watch ever um, because the director's cut is super gritty, uh, takes a lot of the fun out of it, and has a very ambiguous ending unlike this which has the much more standard ending on uh, the whole day is mel gibson plays uh, porter who was betrayed by his wife and uh, an obsessive friend uh another criminal and left for dead and he heals up comes back in and he just wants his money it's all he wants and not even all the money everyone keeps mistaking how much money he wants <laughs> they all think it's like more and he's like no i'm only in it for my seventy thousand. that's all i want um and Mel Gibson carries his part of the movie very well, but the rest of the cast fits their roles really well. There's a lot of, you know, Bill Duke in it. There's a lot of uh, just people in it for various parts. Uh, Banyan very much enjoyed. Um, my brain's going to stop now, of course. James Coburn in his small role. Uh, Chris Christopherson's in it. I mean, it's, it's everyone who's in it pulls their weight. Anyone who's who's a big role pulls their weight. Lucy Lou's in it. And it's just weird to watch because it's you can tell the director was trying to make his movie, which is that sort of gritty uh, crime noir type of thing. But he ends up making with like a studio interference, technically speaking, a much more half fun, half gritty movie that is more enjoyable than has any right to be. You like seeing Mel Gibson, you know, he's a criminal but he's not a bad guy you know a lot of times he could do like just criminal things but he doesn't he just he does more closer to the right thing uh you can root for him he's not like that kind of scumbag you can't root for uh and it's just fun overall uh i give it one and a half to i will give it one and a half of space herpes i will give the director's cut three space herpes <laughs> oh man um it's just not as good it, yeah not not enjoyable and also i believe they cut out his voiceover which i know some people don't like the narration voiceovers but i fucking love them uh big spoiler here and contentious opinion the theatrical cut of blade runner is the best cut of blade runner i've heard that a lot i don't remember i know i've seen both but i don't remember it i mean the main difference is harrison ford narrating it turns it into like a cyberpunk detective noir type of thing from what it was Anyways, uh, you got one more? I do have one more more thing to announce at the end. Uh, I do have one more. Um, So everybody knows I'm watching The Last of Us on HBO Max. Um, Great adaption of the video game. One of my top five video games of all time. 
Uh, I actually restarted playing the video game again because I wanted to play it and go through it. Because his life's not depressing and he needs more depression in his life. See, <laughs> to me it's not depressing. I've already lived it and now I'm just enjoying it and reliving the story. Um, reliving the depression? I'm not. It's not depressing to me. Um, but I will tell you, this last episode with uh, Nick Offerman and everything going on, um, this was some of the best TV I've seen in years. I've heard nothing but good from the people I would trust on that. Okay, so I'm watching this, and you all know I'm an emotional guy. Uh, I will cry, I will cheer, I will do whatever. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, okay, they're, we're getting at this part of the story. Oh, crap, I remember this part of the story. Oh, crap, they're expanding on it. This is cool. They're, I'm getting to learn more about the world. It's more about this character, you know, because you only learn a little bit about it. And I'm like, oh, this is, oh, crap. Oh, my God, he's actually getting to be happy. Oh, God. And by the time I was done, I was bawling. And not because it was just sad, because it was beautiful also. It awesome. was, it is some of the best TV I have seen in a long, long time. I mean, it made me go, fuck, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> Um, yes, Captain Mizzy. It sounds like one you need to be in the right headspace for. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that this is a beautiful... They, they expanded on the story of a character. They did change up the ending of it. So if anybody wants to know, I can talk about the ending to someone later because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, the, the real ending from the video game to the TV show. I can talk about that once. The video game out. ending. Let's not call it the real ending of the video game. The video game Triple. ending of the story of these characters. Um, but... I mean, it was, it was, the acting was spot on. The setting was spot on. The characters were spot on. The way the music, I mean, everything was done. You're rooting and cheering and laughing and enjoying, and then you're bawling, and you get done, and you're like, damn, that was a beautiful episode. And if they don't win something, fuck them. Fuck the people that don't get these, because these guys did everything spot on. Um, and this is the kind of episodes that I look forward to on Last of Us because it's not all about the zombie clickers and stuff like that. It's about humanity is what it's about. And they just expanded on that, which I'm happy for. There's Good. nothing wrong with expanding. The story was there. You just don't hear about the story and you don't, you don't get the full details the way they did in the TV show. But man, was it great. I, zero. Zero, zero. If I can give it negatives, I will give it negatives. Um, noted at zero. Noted at zero. Uh, I enjoyed the ever-living shit out of this. Cool. And if you don't like it, I understand why you don't like it. I understand why some scenes may be too much. But also, this was so well acted, it's not even funny. Let me remind everyone that at the end of the day... TV and movies are art and art is a hundred percent subjective. So don't get too upset. If someone doesn't like something you love, it's okay. I, I will give this negative 500 billion. Look at this. You know, Gonzo <laughs> loves this and he hates fucking ready player one. So, I mean, it, it, it takes, it's just there. You know, it's, it's, it's a balance. <laughs> subjective. Um, 
but I really, really enjoyed this. I wanted, I wanted to say a big thank you to you know the directors and the artists and everything because they they got what the show is about. They got what the video game is about, put it into the show and did it correctly and adapted have adapted this perfectly. So, I, I, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go watch episode four. <laughs> well, before we finish up here, uh, we do uh, have to mention that uh, we're going to watch something that's the same this week. Oh yes. Because uh, I sent Gonzo a Battletech meme, and he did not know what a Bachal was. So, I am forcing him to watch the entirety of the Battletech cartoon. And we're going to have that and a review of that for next week. So, look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, episode Before Banyan, uh, episode two was pretty harsh, but in a different way. It is more of a your zombie apocalypse type thing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, yes, I will be watching the BattleTech. I've got it saved. Uh, I can watch some of it tomorrow. I mean, yeah, remember we got yeah, all week. Basically, two two a two uh, two episodes a day, about yeah. forty forty five minutes or so. You beat through. So we'll have to wait and see. But yep. uh, other than that, guys, we really appreciate y'all coming on. We appreciate you uh, hanging out. Thank you for the kudos. Uh, whoever I think it was Nixie says they enjoyed. Thanks, yep. uh, we appreciate that. We don't do this for the money because uh, we don't get any. But we we do this because it's a lot of fun, and we like to hang out with everybody. Um, other than that, guys, we'll send you to looks like Pyro Club. Unless you want to go yep, somewhere Pyro else, Club. John. Pyro Club's on. Well, I think they're doing some RPGing tonight. So please take care of yourself. Please watch after each other. If you see something, say something. And if you need someone to talk to, we're always here. Always here. I am a certified emotional support human. Guys, good night. I'm Gonzo. Good night. I'm John.